Hey everybody, this is Shelly, your mouthy mom at Talking Trash and Truths. And obviously, once again, I have no voice. But I wanted to catch you guys up on what's been going on the last several months and where I've been and why I've been mainly on Cool Frog's um, channel and not on my own. And why I just, I didn't have the energy at the time to contribute to both. Um, so my channel suffered a little bit because someone else needed my help. And as it turns out, I most decidedly needed theirs. Now, everybody who has taken part in, you know, watching my videos or talking to me or seeing me on a live show knows that I'm very new to YouTube. I do not enjoy showing myself. I don't do it. I'll show you pictures. I'll show you pictures back to the day I was born. But I don't, I don't turn my camera on because most of the people who know me in, in real life know me a certain way. And if they were to see me today, they would be shocked because I, I look like I'm sick. Um, I've always been very bright eyed and very full of, full of energy, which ask anybody, I can get anything done no matter what the time frame. I pushed myself my whole life. I took care of myself my entire life. Those of you who know, you know, most of my story or some of my story know that my family is not supportive. They're not nurturing. They're not loving. It's basically, you know, pin 20 bucks to your collar and see how you do. Uh, so when I get sick, it's, it's on me. When I'm healthy, it's on me. If my kids need something, it's on me. Everything is on me. And it's been that way all my life. I mean, yes, they helped raise me until I was, I want to say like 13 when my dad died. But there was no real effort. And they didn't require, you know, putting the effort in. Because I was very self-sufficient as a kid. You had to be. You know, sink or swim. And I was born uh, pretty much not in this world. I was born in a state of um, suspension, I guess you could say. Since I wasn't breathing, my heart wasn't beating, and I was blue. Uh, but I was brought into this world by a lovely nurse who gave me CPR, you know, little as I was, four pounds. She just tried it the one time and decided she wasn't giving up. So in a couple minutes, she had me breathing and screaming, and then shoved into an incubator for a week, um, completely isolated and on my own. People who say, why do you talk about that? Because that's how I've spent my life. Isolated. Alone. Knowing I'm the only one I can count on. Ever. That's been proven to me over and over and over again. And so I'm 49 years old now. It's how I lived my life. I take care of me. And everybody else that comes along. Because I don't like leaving people out on their own. I don't like when somebody needs help and can't get it. 
or is afraid to ask or thinks they're going to be rejected because that's the shittiest feeling ever to be that alone. So I spent my life that way. I took care of myself. I took care of my kids. I took care of my friends because my family always toned, you know, turned their nose up at me. And it was like, who the fuck are you? You're not great. You never did anything amazing in your life. You come from the same blood as me, same village as me, same background as me. You're not special. You're not. Like my family really thinks they're better than me. And yet they're the coldest bunch of people you've ever met. They're mocking and they're cruel. And they enjoy stepping on people to make themselves feel bigger and higher than everybody else. And I'm not like that. I won't step on people to get ahead. I'll step on your face if you come from me or mine, but I won't step on anybody or like cheat to get ahead, which is why I've never had the kind of success that my intelligence says I should, you know, my talent levels say I should, because I'm not aggressive in that area. I'm not ambitious like that. And I never have been. My family is super ambitious. They thought, you know, oh my God, we have this kid. She's so smart. We're just going to direct her toward careers and we don't have to worry about her, you know, because they thought I was, I was fat. I was ugly. I mean, dear God, I'm, how can you say I'm fat at seven years old when all of my problem is, is I have a round face and like really, really like tiny eyes because my cheeks were so big when I smiled which I tried to do all the time, they would push my cheeks up and my eyes would close and you couldn't see them. Nobody in my class knew I had green eyes until I was 14 because they had never seen them behind my, you know, Coke bottle glasses, my bottle cap glasses, but, um, or whatever the hell you want to call them. They were fucking huge. Nobody knew. Nobody ever saw my eyes and that might've helped me in the beginning because you can tell everything looking in my eyes, every emotion, the depth of those emotions. I hold nothing back at all. And it can get scary, but I face that. I don't even wear sunglasses because it just, I can't see in sunglasses. Not that I can't physically see, although they irritate my nose. Um, I can't monitor. I can't feel. I can't give and receive any kind of uh, information in a nonverbal way with the people around me. So it, it blocks my ability to protect myself and to read, to read a room basically um, because I get very anxious. I, I love to please. I do. I come across as this really tough, like, you know, rah, 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 kind of person. And that's purely self-defense. That's purely because it's so easy to hurt me. And I'm stupid for saying it on here, but it is so, 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 so easy. And my, my ability to protect myself is really the most important thing to me in my life, because if I can't protect myself, I can't protect anybody else either.
unfortunately that line of thinking did not carry over to my health. I have always put myself last when it came to health. I hate going to the doctor. I don't mind needles. They don't bother me. But I mean, nobody wants to go and get stuck 9 million times and get told you can't have coffee. You can't have this. You can't have that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that list of all the things you enjoy in life. You can't have any of it, but you're going to live to a hundred. Yay. I'm going to live to a hundred fucking miserable. No. So I decided very early on that I was going to be happy and fuck what doctor said because they all got it wrong anyway. You know, they said my grandmother was going to pass away. She didn't. They said she was going to be fine. She passed away. You know, my grandfather, they said, oh, you have lung cancer because you smoke. But they didn't bother saying that he's been spraying brakes with asbestos for the past 50 years or that he worked in um, in a boiler factory during the war getting, you know, like um, the, what are they called? The outside of the, the bombs, the the casings set up because he was the only one small enough to crawl up into the thing and attach like the wires and rivets and whatever inside where he had to. I mean, <sighs> doctors don't listen often and I get frustrated and I'm, I tell them this is where this started and they go, no, no, no. I ain't going to no, no, no me. Don't no, 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 no me because I'm the one in this body. I'm driving. You know, they've always told me you can't possibly know the things that you know about your body. But I do. When I got pregnant, every single time I got pregnant, we're talking five pregnancies. I knew each one of them well before I I lost my um lost my period. Well before the period stopped. Like I always knew by the time I was three weeks pregnant. And I'd tell the doctor, and he goes, That's impossible. You can't know. A pregnancy test is barely gonna come up, you know, positive. He did the blood test. Oh, you're pregnant. I told you that. Like, <laughs> stop telling me I don't know. And it's like, oh, just like with the coof. You need this. You need that. I never got the coof. Yes, you did. You just didn't notice. You're, you're putting people in hospitals left and right. And you think I wouldn't notice if I had coof? Okay. You're stupid. But it's like... <laughs> Okay, but these are doctors telling me this shit. So you think, all right, they went to school all this time. They have all this experience. Obviously, I should listen. You know, I don't listen very well. Ask my friends. I don't listen. I hear you. I don't listen. I'm stubborn. So I gave up, like, any hope of anybody in the medical field helping me once they diagnosed me with first um, Lyme disease. Then some neurological deterioration, um, spinal deterioration, uh, blood clotting factors, arthritis, muscle um, weakening or atrophying. And I mean, what else? There was so much, so much. Oh, emphysema, OP, uh, COPD, glaucoma. And then they tell me, oh, by the way, that edema that we thought was just swelling because, you know, you can't move around because your legs, you know, hurt and they have no feeling like they have no, not no feeling, they have no strength. 
like for real, I can't even get up on a curb. And our curbs are only like three and a half, four inches high. Like I have to walk real fast up to the curb, hope I get my foot up in time. And then that the momentum carries me up rather than me almost get my foot on time, trip, fall on my face and just lay there and bleed. Those are my two options at this point or have been at least for the last year <clears throat> because my legs started going wonky a year and a half ago, like noticeably weaker. And then a year ago, more so. So you all know that I had, I went to the doctor, I believe it was October when I went to the doctor. When I went to the hospital, I went to um, Palisade General. And they said, oh, that's not edema, that's lymphedema. And you have it in both legs. So you need like a Lasix drain, you need massage therapy, you need compression guards. You need opioids for the pain. And they're telling me all this shit. And I'm, I was like, dude, no. <laughs> like my doctor sent me here because my legs are too big for me to walk. It hurts. I need you to drain my legs to do a Lasix you know, run. We don't do that. And he sent my ass home by myself. Called my doctor. She said, all right, let's get you into a vascular surgery. I am so sorry. Let's get you into a vascular surgeon. I made an appointment with these people like maybe 10 times. And every time I had to cancel because either I had, you know, I had swollen to the point where I had no pants to fit or I'd swollen to the point where I couldn't get my feet flat on the floor and I couldn't walk because I kept sliding on new skin on the floor. And I just, and I'd be like, oh my God, because if I fall, I'm done. Like, I ain't getting back up. Just stick a fork in me. I'm done. Um, and I went through all, oh, all of that. I'm so sorry. I get so tired. Um, but come my birthday, that was my last birthday, my 49th, I was up. I was ready to party with my friends online on YouTube. And we had a phenomenal time the whole day. I mean, they just, God, they made me feel like I was somebody just for a day, you know, and as much as my friends in my past have been like, Oh, I, I got you red lobster or, Oh, I left you a card or, or this or that. And as much as I loved all that, this somehow felt and landed very, very differently with me. Here were all these people who'd never met me face to face, but who knew what I looked like and knew my issues. They dealt with me on a daily basis. We've done, you know, live streams together. We've done planned um, interviews and, you know, discussion groups. We've hung out in discord. We've done everything that you can do online together, short of like living in each other's pockets, which sometimes it feels like we do. And I like it. I, I love the family that I've, I've adopted that have adopted me. I love the difference in the people that are in my community and who support me and know about me, who, you know, have discourse with me every day where I can tell them, this is what happened to me. They tell me this is what happened to them. We get together. We're like, Oh, look, we're normal. It's great. And we support each other. You know, we're there for each other. We laugh at each other. You know, we make us laugh at ourselves, which is very important. 
But for the most part, we hold each other up. We fight like any family does. People go away, they come back. Sometimes they don't come back. That makes me sad. I'm talking to you, Amber L. Where the hell are you? Um, but there are people you meet who change you, change your way of thinking, change the way you see the world, the way you see yourself. And these are my people. I mean, you start with frog, my frog. We fight like cats and dogs sometimes because he just irritates the shit out of me when he doesn't listen. And I found out in the hospital, <clears throat> I really get under his skin when I don't listen. And I didn't listen when I was sick and it was getting worse. And I was developing sores that wept. And these weeping sores would, uh, they would burn as they wept. Um, and they would corrode the skin with lymphatic fluid. As I call it, like the lymph juice. And this stuff would run out of my skin, even in my sleep. Didn't It just would poke holes through my leg so it could escape because they were so swollen. I mean, if you look up lymphedema of the legs and then you look up um, cellulitis and elephantitis, like stuff like that, uh, it's not pretty. It's not. Your legs are kind of like the Michelin man's, like that kind of size. And they're heavy and they're hot. They burn from the inside out and the outside in. So you don't get a reprieve. Even with, with all the pain pills that I was popping every day, trying desperately. I'm, I'm amazed I'm alive just from the pain pills I took. Because at one point it was just like Tic Tacs, like, come on, like Tylenol, leave, like um, ibuprofen. I had Motrin, I had Naproxen, I had like all this shit and nothing. I, I still screamed. You know, Frog would listen to me scream once in a while, but, and Vicky too. Uh, I would send my friend Vicky, Vicky T, and, uh, Divinity, Divinity said, pictures of the injuries, of the wounds, and pictures of my legs. And they were just like blown away. They're like, how, I, oh my God. Like, and you could see how painful. And trust me, however much you thought you knew how painful it was, it was worse. It's the worst time in my entire life. And that includes like my father, that includes like the dude, you know, but this was breaking me. It was breaking my soul to bits. I did not have the heart to live through this. So I gave up. I sat at my desk and knowing every time I stood up, I was ripping off more skin from my thighs. Every time I moved an inch, I was ripping things open. And I didn't care. I just, I just wanted it to end. I wanted it to be over because there was no escape medicinally for me from this pain. 
And then I woke up and I couldn't put my feet on the floor anymore because they were so injured, so swollen, and caused so much sharp, cutting, stabbing, hot pain that I couldn't stand on them to go to the bathroom. And I, I resigned myself at one point to just pee the bed. I was like, fuck it, just pee the bed. Nobody cares. Nobody loves you. Nobody comes to see you. Nobody tries to take care of you. I, I fell into like this huge pity party for myself. And then like I told my son, I have to go to the bathroom. Let's ice my feet so I could stand on them. And then I will go as quickly to the bathroom as possible and then get to the living room as quickly afterwards, which is what I tried to do. And I, I did manage to pee in the toilet, but by the time I got to the chair, I was screaming like somebody was killing me. And see that kind of scream, it's, it's like an animal that's been mortally wounded and knows it's down a ditch and dying alone. And it's just screaming to the world, hear me, take my pain, take my fear and just take it away from me for a little bit. And that's where I was. That's what my friend Dark got to listen to every day for like a week, for like three to four hours, just me screaming because I could not bite down on the pain anymore. And I mean, I know I, I turned his stomach. I know that the sounds I made, he will never forget and not in a good way. Um, but, but he held my hand, you know, theoretically. He was with me every step of the way. He never gave up on me. He pushed me and he pretty much told me, you know, like, you gotta go, you gotta go to the hospital, you gotta go. And I, yeah, 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 yeah. I guessed everybody to death. Him, Frog, Div, Vicky, uh, my outpost nerd. Everybody. Nick. Like, everybody that thought, oh, my God, she needs to go to the hospital. They'd say it, but they didn't push me, which for me was like, oh, well, they're concerned. But they don't really care. Nobody really cares about me. That was my mindset. Nobody cares about me. And I called my mother and I said, I got to go to the hospital. So she made me wait till after she was done with work, which is another like seven hours. And she was like, oh, I'm not coming to your house. I said, no, bitch, you're coming to my house to watch my kids while I take an ambulance to the hospital. Can't you go there? Can't you just take a cab? No, because I can't walk to the door. I can't walk anywhere. Always an inconvenience for my lovely mother. So she got here at like 5.30 <clears throat> on April 4th. And I, she called the ambulance. They said they don't do this. So we called 911. They called the Hoboken Dispatch. Hoboken Dispatch called volunteer ambulances. And Bob's your uncle. Now they suddenly do this. So they come to get me. Four guys, great guys. They take me. You know, they, first they lifted me out of my chair because I couldn't stand. And one of the guys accidentally grabbed my calf with the wound. And then they almost dropped me on the gurney because the sound I made shocked all of them. 
And he told my mother, he said, I've never heard a human being make that noise. Never. He never heard a scream like that. And now he did. And he, like, he would not leave me. None of these guys would leave me. It was fantastic. I felt so protected because they were just like, honey, no, you do not deserve to feel like this. I was like, all right. So we went to the hospital, going to emergency. They made sure I got seen right away. And they made sure to press upon them the depth of my pain. And so they admitted me. I met a whole shitload of nurses and doctors that were amazing. But I mean, for that, long story comes, you know, long story made short, the lymphedema busted through my skin. The lymphatic fluid ate away at my skin. And I got um, stasis dermatitis, which is, you know, like a skin disease, um, just temporarily. And it's a condition of the skin. My skin looks like elephant skin on my lower legs. It's disgusting. But then you put a little lotion on it and it's like, oh, look, they're pink again. Uh, but they do. They turn like a grayish kind of color from the ashy skin. But I can't scratch anything because that's how we did this in the first place. So my wounds were weeping. That's all I thought they were. I just figured they're weeping. Maybe they're a little infected, a little peroxide, neosporin. We're good. No. They run a swab over my wound and find out that I have two very virulent strains of bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics. Okay. I had staph and I had pseudomonas. And if you don't know, if the pseudomonas gets in your, you know, bloodstream or it works its way like to a lower appendage where it was, it's very likely you're going to get amputated. I didn't know that until the doctor told me that. And then I didn't want to tell anybody because I knew I was going to yell that even more than I was already getting yelled at because frog yelled at me like dark. Dark didn't yell at me, but he was like, but see you stubborn ass. Like he was like, you could have avoided this just listening to us. And it, it helped me hear what they were saying because they were all saying the same thing and at the time our family was like really like falling apart because everybody was infighting and who wants this and who wants that and i don't like you and you don't like this and, da, 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 da. and just a lot of people being bitter and that's not what our community was about like either get along with everybody or get the hell out like i can't don't pick one person and everybody jumps on that bandwagon like i hate that i don't like canceling people. I don't like pushing anybody out. And my friends are my friends. If you don't like it, tough shit. Yeah. I love who I love. That's it. I've always been that way. And I've always been unapologetic about it. And I'm not going to change now. But my friends were there for me. They talked and they talked and they talked and they talked and then frog lit into me. And he showed me how emotional this made not just him, but everybody because they knew how sick I was, but they didn't know the details. And when I found out that I had like all these different things wrong with me that had to be fixed before I could go home, um, I jokingly told the doctor, you know, 
I was like, I remember when I got my gallbladder, I was like, I'll be back in two to three weeks. And the doctor's like, no, you'll be dead in two to three days. And this doctor, you know, I said it was funny because that's what got me to do the operation, even though I didn't have insurance. And he looked at me and he, he was, he just shook his head. He said, you don't get, you're still dying. Like you're still dying. If we can't get this infection out, it's moving to your bloodstream and you will, you know, you will die. You want to talk about a slap in the face. I've been dead a couple times, never stuck. So I always just was like, all right, whatever. I'm meant to be here. As vain as that sounds, when you've cheated death a couple times in a row and you're fine for it and nobody even believes you, he says, be like, fuck you all and go do your own thing. And that's what I've always done. I fuck you all. And I did my own thing and I put up walls, tons and tons of walls. Don't come near me. Don't talk to me, blah, blah, blah. And these people got inside my walls and they when i told them what i had they were not just supportive but they were understanding that i was scared you know i had people on the phone with me all night long i had phone calls coming in at 4 a.m just to check on me before they went you know to do whatever they had to do or before they went to bed yeah hi kitty um that was snips and saying hi because now i'm home and she's all like hey bitch play with me um, i had i had given up and my friends brought me back to life and there's a little uh, herbal help right now because this gets me upset how close i came to leaving, to leaving my kids, leaving my friends, leaving my family, just leaving everything I'd ever known. And I really, I, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to run away. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to not be here. I have FOMO. Why would I want to leave? Why? Tell me. Because I'm always interested in what somebody has to say and you know, what they're doing, what they're up to what's going on, what's new, what's not new, what's hot, what's not. Like somebody just talked to me. I love to talk. I do. I love to talk. I love people to talk to me. And I clammed up with all this and I didn't tell anybody, you know, like, oh, it looks like this or oh, it looks like that. And then the doctor started taking pictures and I started sending like to Div and to Vicky. And they were so gross. But... I knew I could send it to these women and they could see how bad it was. And Frog got mad because I didn't send them to him. And I said, I didn't send them to you because they're gross. And I really didn't think, you know, you could handle it. That they would hurt you. Because he feels things that he doesn't let people know he feels. And he was like, well, you know, you could have sent them to me anyway. So I sent them to him. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I was like, I told you. But I mean, they were, they were horrible. Oh God, the wounds were horrible. You could see how much they would hurt. And I was in the hospital, you know, touch and go for a couple of days because 
I didn't spike a fever, but my temperature went up to 98, which for me is like a low grade fever. My, my temperature rarely goes over 96.6 or 96.7, which, you know, if you live up here, if you know, you know, with that number, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't feel good. I was more pain, more pain, more pain. And they're pushing me to do physical therapy and occupational therapy. And, you know, just come on, you gotta sit up, you gotta do this. You gotta let me take in the bandage off the one wound on my calf. Even though it's covered in petroleum jelly and supposed to just slide right off, it doesn't. Nope. It really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. It sticks. And I hate it. Because, God, it burns. I mean, the, I can't even tell you. It's a venous ulceration. And my grandmother had one in pretty much the same spot, only a little more to the front. Mine is on the, it's, of course, they're in the worst place possible. It's on the curve of my calf as it goes in to go down to my ankle. So it's really hard to put a bandage on it. It's really hard to put a bandage on it. It's really hard to reach it when your legs are swollen the way mine are. And it's really hard to take care of. And nobody wanted to come here to take care of me out of my family. So it got infected. It got worse. And I'm still getting nursing visits every other day. So come change the bandage and hopefully make it heal. I am sucking down protein drinks like you wouldn't believe because the protein apparently helps. It helps. It's like, all right, fine, whatever. I, I just want to feel better. So eventually the antibiotics pushed a lot of like, pushed all the pseudomonas out, which, okay, now I'm not in, not in danger of gangrene or like losing a foot. Actually, that would have probably been, I would have lost my leg from like the knee down. Um, I can't even imagine. I, I wouldn't want to. But I did everything they said, and I got to come home last Sunday on the 16th. I had not been able to be at Frog's birthday because I was in the hospital. I didn't get to stream that day a whole lot, but I did get to wish him a happy birthday. And I sent him some stuff to, you know, like help him out and, you know, be like, hey, happy birthday. I'm so tired. I'm so sorry. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it's almost 3 o'clock. And I'm dead on my feet. I've been sleeping all day. That's all I do is I sit on this computer or I sleep. And that's it. But I came home. Everybody was... They were so thrilled that I was going home. They were like, you know, let us know when you get there. And they continued to keep me company. You know, even right up till today. And that's what we do. Cats, that that you. She's always man, 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 man. So right now, what I'm doing is I have the the nurse visiting every two days to repack and um, rewrap that leg. Then I have to go to the lymphedema clinic in Jersey City Medical Center, waiting for their call back, and I need to get this under control. I need to get it 
I need to get ahead of it is what I need to do. And I have every intention of doing so. And I have no intention of dying. None. A year ago, I felt fine. You know, like I was just starting to get sick. Um, a month ago, I was real sick and getting real pissed off and ignoring everyone whenever they said anything about it. Um, and then a week ago, I was in the hospital preparing to never be able to come home because they, they said my chances were not good. If that staff, the MRSA had hit my bloodstream resistant as it was to the harshest antibiotics they gave me and they gave me a lot. So far I'm on five different kinds of antibiotics. Five. Couple of which I've never heard of, but those antibiotics saved me. They pushed all that infection away, and now I just have a really big wound on my left calf. I have a tiny one on my right calf. I'm keeping an eye on, and the bottoms of my feet are peeling because the stretching is going down, like the edema is going down, and they're able to like breathe again. But now I have to like. Soak them every day and file them every day. It's pain in the ass because they fucking hurt. If anybody tells you calluses cannot cause pain, they lie. It's not the callus, I guess, that causes the pain. It's the way it pulls on your brand new friggin' skin. That, you know, that has something to do with it. So, anyway, I digress. I wanted you to know that without my friends loving me through everything, through any kind of scream I could put out, through all my stubbornness, if they can be there for me and love me the way they have, then you can have that too. You just need to find the right people. And you need to be vocal about what's going on in your life. They stepped up for me in a way I did not think anybody ever would. And they were genuinely thrilled when I came home. It was parties all day. It's been parties like all freaking week. We're trying to acclimate and get me on some kind of schedule because I'm sleeping, you know, dead sleep here, dead sleep there. Which I didn't get to do when I was sick for that whole year. I didn't do any deep dead sleeps. I did 15 minutes, an hour, 20 minutes. And I would wake up more tired than when I went to sleep. And the last three nights, I've slept two of them in my chair, one of them in my bed. And I can honestly tell you, everything is vivid. Every goddamn dream is vivid. And I'm sleeping for six and seven hours at a clip. Nobody can wake me up either. They're like, I tried. Fuck it. Forget it. She's out. Because I'm so deep. Nothing's going to wake me up. Except maybe Cool Frog pretending to be my... Pretending to be my mother. He's my mother. Girlfriend's great. I don't know what I would do without my community. I really don't. There's people that don't belong there because they've, you know, left and tried to come back all like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, well, but you did it. So go. So I don't want to fight with anybody. I really don't. 
tired of fighting. I, the only energy I have left is for me. That's one of the many things my friends have taught me. Like, you love us. You want to take care of us. You can't take care of us if you're not here. And we're not going to let you if you don't show that you respect us enough to, like, think that you matter to us. That when we say you're important, you're important. And I have a big problem with that. I have a problem with people replacing me. Because every time I've been forced out of somebody, somewhere or I left, I was replaced. However, there's one of me and they've hired four to eight people to do any job that I did by myself. That's how messed up this world is. As long as I could do it, they were going to keep piling on, piling on, piling on. And then when they broke me, they just move on to the next group of people. I was very economical because I'm one person. You only got to pay the one person. So I'm a workhorse. I admit that. You give me something to do and I don't like breathe or put my head up until it's done. Ugh. I'm so sorry for all the yawns, but again, like I said, kicking my ass. I also took a muscle relaxer like I was supposed to because they wanted me to take it on the weekend. I don't work during the week, so I don't know why I couldn't take it during the week. And um, let's just say they have me on two sedatives um, twice a day, and they work really well. And I didn't take that into account when I started this video, but whatever. You know, case for us, we're out, live and learn. So, yeah, so I'm home. I have a new recliner. My cats are finally thrilled to see me. Uh, my children are taking excellent care of me with very little nagging. My son hit one bump in the road. That was it, one bump, because I was asking him apparently to do too much. And I, you know, being in the hospital, I was like, can you, can you, can you? I forget he doesn't like that. So it's like, all right. So I'm home and everything's well. I'm still recovering, still healing. And likely will be for a really long time because that wound is so raw, it has to rebuild the entire structure from the inside out. And then it's got to cover it with a nice, you know, freshly knitted skin layer to protect it. I love my friends. I love being with them. I love hearing them laugh. I love making them laugh. But I never accepted, or well, I never expected reciprocity. Because life has taught me that not everybody has the same heart as me. I'm going to give, they're going to take. Only I had nothing left to give. And I didn't have the ability to take anymore. And they stepped up. And they said, feel, feel our energy. Come on. You know, like, basically, like, I dare you to let me help you. And, of course, the way to get me to do anything is to, like, dare me or tell me not to do it. And so I did. I opened up and I let them in. And it's been amazing. I have friends that I love and who love me back. Holy shit. When did that happen? You know, I have a couple friends, literally, like, three or four friends that care about me, three that actually love me, 
in real life. That I'm not says some passing fancy for them. You know, that they go wherever they go whenever the wind blows. I hate people like that. They will use you up and spit you out. But no, what I had was I had strength and hope. I had resilience. I had faith. I had, honestly, it's going to sound so corny, but I had the light of God on my side. And I think he knew how sorry I was, how repentant. But he also knew that I always put other people before me. So what happened to me, the detriment that, you know, occurred, the destruction that occurred, really doesn't, it shouldn't surprise anybody. Because that's me. I'm always going to throw myself on the grenade to save my family and friends. And they're worth it. Anyway, to wrap this up, I am now home. I have had my very, very close uh, skirt with death and amputation. I have suffered a lot and now I'm not pain free. I'm always in pain because with this body, it's breaking down. So if one thing doesn't hurt and that pain is finally resolved, my body goes, Hey, it's my turn. Look at me. I heard over here and I'm listening. I'm listening to my body. I am taking breaks when I have to. I am drinking these godforsaken protein drinks. You know, because they aid in um, healing. They, they help the wounds to heal faster. So I'm doing all this and I'm doing it for a reason. I'm doing it because people cared enough to come out of their faces and be like, look, bitch, you didn't listen. This is kind of what you deserve right now. But you better make it through because you're not dying on me. All right. Your, your ass is not going to die on me. Because people were genuinely afraid they were going to lose yet another person. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I am a very big personality. I'm not talking about pop, you know, popularity. I'm talking me, myself, and I. I am larger than life. I railroad through everything that gets in my path. I will fight for anyone. I will fight you if it means I have to stand up for myself. I don't care. Nobody's put me down. Nobody's yelling at me. Nobody's treating me like a child. And if they do, they're going to fuck around and find out, as Ferragalicious would say. But, yeah, I'm home, and I I have the new chair, and I have the movable desk, and I have a walker, which I don't like to use. Uh, and I'm just happy. I'm so happy to be home. I am happy to be online. I love our show. If you weren't in the know, Cool Frog and I do a morning show every day. It's usually from 6 or 7 till 12 or 1. But with me sick, he's been changing the times to fit when I'm awake. The other day he had to do one. I wasn't awake. For any of it, I stayed awake to go on the stream. And then I blinked and it was seven hours later and I had fallen asleep in my chair ready to do the podcast ready to do the show but our show is waking up with cool frog and talking trash and truths it is on cool frog's channel on YouTube uh, we are trying to consistently put it on rumble and I will attempt to download and 
um, post the videos that we do. Yeah, at least the really good shows that we do on my podcast station. And I think I might create another one just for this um, because it is also my intellectual content. So, you know, it's my intellectual property. So I want it out there as much as possible. And I want to promote Frog. Please, if you're listening, go to YouTube, look up Cool Frog, K-O-O-L-F-R-O-G-G. Cool, like the pack of cigarettes that they used to sell. I don't know if they still sell them. And then Frog with an extra G, which is why I call him Fra Gaga. Because that's, you know, I'm a pain in the ass and I'm a smart ass. And so that's what he gets. So he's cool Fra Gaga. And he's amazing. So go find him. Sub to his channel, please. Get him away from the thousand sub mark. Because it's ridiculous that YouTube just keeps striking people off his his list. If he gets demonetized, I'm going to cry because we worked really hard to get him there and he worked his ass off to do it. And I'm there for my boy. You know, he's, we worked a lot of things out. Yes, he can yell. Yes, I can yell. We can disagree, but there's love at the end of the day. There's respect and there's trust. He doesn't hold back from telling me things. Sometimes he'll wait a little bit because, I mean, let's face it, I am quite temperamental. But um, for the most part, he tells me everything and I tell him everything that we're we're not hesitant to share. Like we tell each other things that are uncomfortable and could be hurtful and leave us very awkward for a couple minutes. But those are things that we have to face to work through to be closer as partners for this show or any other shows we want to do. I mean, he switched his mentality as well. When I hear him talking about shows, he doesn't say him all the time anymore. He'll say we, and he'll say, and I mean, we as in me and T3. Like, and it's like, oh, and hopefully we get shirts there. And maybe we'll get this one. And da, da, da. Like, shirts and I tend to be the ones that he wants on the panel because we're so goddamn chatty. Um, and we know a lot. When we get together, me and shirts, when we talk online, it's like, he's like, all right, we're ending the show. And then we go to Discord and just talk for another, like, four or five hours. It's like, it's great. Um, they, these are people who treat me as if I'm valuable. Not just to them, but to the world. They want me to speak my truth. They want me to speak the truth. And they want to do it right alongside me. We are all shoulder to shoulder. Because make no bones about it, we're out here for you. Fighting a war of words and concepts and censorship for you. We band together and we save each other from getting our channels yeeted and, you know, having things taken away because we want to help you and each other and ourselves. Yes, Kitty. We want everybody to know what's going on. And it doesn't matter what we have to do to get that information out. We will, one way or another, there are many of us, we will get that information spread. You know, we will get the truth 
one one way or another, by hook or by crook. And I love watching them work. My group, Div, Darth, uh, Frog, you have Vicky, you have Grim and Winning and Shizzy and Nerd and my Jimmy. You have all these people, and I know I'm forgetting some, so give me a break. We're a huge group. You know, those are like the main creators. And then you have like all our supporters. So you have like the Elizabeth Cheese of the world and Tweety and Cloud Illusions and um, Suzanne and Toy Box Brain. You have Squab Bob. You have all these eclectic, in, insane looking names in front of you. And you're like, what is this? And then they start to come on panel and they talk and they, the personalities are amazing. You know, the stories get me every time, but these people, they've, they've been through so much and they're still hopeful. And a lot of them have found my channel or found Frog's channel, you know, because of me or because of the stuff that I talk about, they know it's a safe place. And I can tell you, Frog works extra hard to make his chat and his panel a safe place for everybody to say, how they feel, what they think, and why. For them to showcase their talents. You know, some of them play music. Some have poetry. Some do art. Some just sing. Some are just talkers. But everybody has talent. Everybody's got something to offer. And he loves to be the platform where they get shown and started. I mean, he's done it for all of us. He has plucked all of us out of like relative obscurity of chat. I'm like, hey, you're interesting. I want to talk to you. And he wants more of that. So I am scouting for talent. Um, if you think that you'd be interested, come on over to Cool Frog's channel. I'm there. I'm there every day except Saturday because I and he need a freaking day off. Because it is hard coming up every day with six hours of content. Six hours of talking, you know, because I don't do news. I don't do politics. I do opinions. Everything is my opinion or my experience. That's what it is. Sometimes we play games. Sometimes we answer questions. It depends what mood I'm in. If I wake up bitchy, it's going to be a bitchy stream until somebody makes me laugh and somebody will always make me laugh. But this journey of mine, I went from being kind of apathetic about it to being downright paranoid to being full of self-pity and just wishing for the end to facing that I had to go through more pain to get healed and that I did to myself. That was another part of the journey. And then the going home, you're back on your own part, except I'm not alone this time. We get up every hour or so to stretch when we do streams now because they want me to move around and it's helping them too. Divinity said all the stretching is helping her sleep so much better at night. Like she's sleeping deep. You know, frog, frog's got to learn new, you know, stretching techniques because he has so many injuries to the right side of his, well, to the left side of his body. No, I hate this because he faces the right side of his body. Same as me. It's the right side of the body that's just fucked. Um, Darth, 
Darth is taking care of himself like I've never seen him. And it's going to be rough for him. It's going to be so rough quitting all the things that he's quitting. But he can do it. He is a strong, mm -hmm, like he's strong. I'm not talking about physically strong. I'm sure he is. I've never seen him. But he is mentally and um, he's heart strong. I would almost say he's Hoboken strong because he sat there with me and, you know, metaphorically held my hand and just talked. So I had something to listen to as I screamed out the pain for hours upon hours upon hours. And he would use his voice to lull me into like almost like a trance where I was just hearing him and the pain would recede little by little down my leg. And I would give him updates every couple of minutes. It's, it's to my knee. And it was like, and it was almost like a type of hypnosis, just him talking. But he would get it to where the pain was only like a quarter size amount in the like ball of my foot. And if I iced it, I'd be fine. And that's what I would do. But I mean, for this, this man to take the time to listen to somebody screaming bloody murder, can't even form words other than why, why God, why, why, what did I do? Why? He saw me at my lowest begging God, begging, just help me, please just help me. And he stayed. There are men in my life who are blood relations who dip at the first sign of any kind of like trouble. And here's this relative stranger on the phone, on the computer, holding my hand through it all going, it's okay, Mama Shell. Let's talk about, you know, oh, what did I do today? I did it. And he makes me laugh. You know, I have so many amazing people in my life. I am so blessed. And I need you all to know that I count you among them. I love you all so much. So much. You have no idea. If it wasn't for this, and if it wasn't for my friends, I wouldn't be here, like on this earth, alive and kicking. And I'm getting myself back. So you could take that to the bank. You could hold me accountable. I'm going to do what I need to do to get as healthy and mobile as possible because I am only 49 years old. There is life, there's love, and there's adventure out there waiting for me all over again. And I'm going to gobble that shit up as fast as I did before. Because I love living my life. And I want you guys to live it vicariously with me. Or get out and go touch grass. Either way, this is where we are now. And while there's still pain, it's not like it was. It's very manageable. And while there's, you know, still icky... It's getting better rapidly, which makes everybody happy. So that's where we're at. I wanted to keep you up to date. So if you can do all the YouTube things, like this video, share it out, please. And I will see you, my loves, in the funny papers. Bye.